It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on TogiNet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author. And not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships, sans the sleaze factor while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. And now here's your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and thank you for being with me today. It is a beautiful sunny day here in uh, California, not as hot as it was last week, thankfully, and I trust everyone had a good holiday. What I'm going to be looking at today, because when September rolls around and after Labor Day, people kind of come back to, what am I focusing on? What am I, where's my world? What's my work doing? So I thought I would look at, once I've covered a few things of sex in the news, what are in my opinion, what are the seven things that make relationships work? And I have watched this for years. And then I'm also going to talk about the seven things that undermined relationships or that pull them apart. And sometimes people aren't even aware that they're doing them. Sometimes they're like, oh, um, that was a problem or, or that was an issue. Yeah. So, first off, I'd like to talk about some things of sex in the news. The first thing is the Miss America contest, which was concluded last evening, and Miss Georgia won, Betty Cantrell. And what really struck me was when former Miss America from, when was it? 32 years ago, 1983-1984, when Vanessa Williams was forced to give up, forced to resign, the head of the Miss America contest came onto the stage and without, you know, this was an impromptu thing, at least for the viewing audience, and apologized to her for how the Miss America contest had treated her and that she is still, in their mind, Miss America 1983-1984. A very powerful acknowledgement of, hey, this is a young girl who did things. Yes, it was constantly thrown in her face throughout her entire career, but it is not unlike what many people have done. And so in that regard... I applaud the Miss America group. That is one thing that if you've ever dealt with someone who is dealing with a law case, uh, a lawsuit, suing someone, particularly if it's in the area of medical or something where there's been injury, one of the number one reasons why a patient will sue a doctor is if the doctor did not say they were sorry. 
if the doctor did not say I made you know this was you know uh, you know a, a judgment here I you know perhaps sort of look that is the number one reason why they get sued because they have the arrogance of thinking they don't have to say they're sorry and to this day when we talk about sex in the news we still have women Japanese women who still have had their lives ripped apart as a result of being comfort women during the war and their how these women were just so mistreated and they still I mean they're in their 80s and 90s and they're waiting for someone to say I'm sorry well they may have to wait until their next lifetime but I thought that that was a really a big step uh, for the Miss America group uh, the other thing I thought was interesting is that um, Kira Kansantev, uh, I believe that's her surname, she was Miss America 2015, her, her platform was to help put a nail in the coffin of domestic abuse and dealing with that. One of the reasons I watch these beauty pageants is because these women, by the time they get to this level and they have done this, you know, they've, they've been this disciplined to become a Miss, you know, statewide or what, they have done a huge amount of work and they're very focused. They are very, a good percentage of them are very, very bright. And they have a clarity about what they want to do and what they want to get back to the world. That's a big thing. And I think if we... Because to me, I'm not looking at it as, oh, you know, how lovely. She's just going to be someone's arm candy. To the contrary, she is no one's arm candy. She is her own person creating her vision of how she wants to live her life. Now, admittedly, she walks to the end of that stage. And as the um, uh, Vanessa Williams said, you get to the end of the stage and then, boom, you are just literally, whoosh, they whisk you off the stage and you're gone. So for the next year. But what I like is I like seeing how much they, they are so focused and they're, they have a determination and a confidence. And that's what the judges said. So if we're talking about what makes someone attractive and what makes someone sexy, the judges said it was the person who had the confidence. So please keep that in mind when you are looking at how can I make myself more appealing. Truly, you do not have to be a fashion victim, and you don't have to wear clothes that don't suit you or fit you. The biggest thing that works for both women and men is confidence. It's one of the most seductive things. Another thing that I also noticed today in the news, there's a thing called the um, undertone, and it's from Lane Bryant. And Lane Bryant is a large size or you know, a plus-size woman's clothing store. And I have a degree in buying and merchandising from Fashion Institute in New York. And when I was there, I did an internship at a designer line called Alfred Nippon. And this was when Lane Bryant was the only store that was available. And it was a woman who created it who had been, you know, small and slim when she was growing up. And then after she had her children... She had gained weight, and, you know, she was comfortable with her body, but she wanted to be able to wear fashionable clothes and not look like she was wearing, you know, a bed sheet with a hole cut in the middle of it. Not exactly attractive, right? 
it's okay if you want to go to a toga party, but aside from that. But here's what she did. She said, I want to find something where I can get clothes designed for my body type because she couldn't find them anywhere else. And when I worked at Nippon, I looked at that there was not a designer label in plus-size clothing. And at that time, this would have been in the 80s, That at that time, they had um, the average size for women in America was size 14, 16. Well, I can assure you that now the average size is much larger than that. And we keep seeing clothes presented that are only for size twos and size fours. And that's not what the majority of the world is. And I applaud Lane Bryant and their undertone ad because they're showing women who are the size that they actually are and what they want for undergarments. And they want to feel good and they want to feel sexy. They don't want to feel like they have to wear things that don't match up with what their image is of themselves. I mean, anyone who has seen the film Shallow Hal knows that there's, you know, the inside of each person, there's this person who they know who they are, they're aware of who they are, but they want to be perceived as, people want to be known as, as being desirable. And that's something that I think that, that the undertone and the Lane Bryant line did. And also, and I may be massacring this name, but Queen Bee or Queenie Bee, you see all of those constantly on the side of, uh, as soon as you go online, you're seeing those um, adverts for clothes, and they are contemporary. They're not, you know, the sort of, here, let's just put you in something that is going to disguise what your body looks like. No longer do women want to do that. They want to have, you know, if they are pregnant, it's like, you're right, we're not going to cover up this bump. This bump's going to be out here. If this is who I am, this is who I am. And I think it is time we stopped and turned around and looked at the reality of what the size is. And if you have to, like, go to the one part where most businesses will actually pay attention, it's like, and this is what I did when I was at uh, Albert Nippon. I, the marketer said, listen, there's no way the Pearl Nippon will ever do any dresses because she was the perfect size six fit model for their line. And I, he said, there's no way Pearl's ever going to put something out there that will be for, you know, who she considers to be fat women. And I asked him, this is the head of marketing. I said, let me ask you one question. What's one of the most important things for Pearl Nippon? And he looked at me without even batting an eye and he said, money. I said, thank you very much. I said, do you think Pearl would want to be the first designer name into this market, which has like something like 40% of the U.S. market, do you think she might want to be there? And this was also at the time that they were doing uh, what they would call off-label sales. So they would do, they would take a, uh, a Nippon series, a whole line of their dresses. They'd cut the labels off so you didn't know that they were Nippon, but then they would sell them to make enough money for it. So that was something that was being done. And then what Nippon did is they had to stop doing their seam binding, which had been a, a branded label seam binding, you know, like on the inside of a skirt or the inside of a jacket. And needless to say, six weeks later, not I mean like one season later, Nippon was the first designer label to go into plus-size women designer clothes. This is what people want. They want to look good and they want to feel good.
So if, you know, when I ask people, you know, when you're presenting yourself and you, you want to feel sexy about something or you want to feel good about yourself, one of the number one things that makes such a huge difference is how you present yourself. Look, if it's something as simple as a little flash of mascara and a little lip gloss and your hair, you know, sort of clipped a little bit, there's no question women get judged a little more harshly depending on whether or not we're presentable or wearing makeup. But really what it boils down to, remember I talked about before, one of the number one things is confidence. And when we come back after this first break, I'm going to talk about the seven things that make a relationship work and follow up with the seven that don't. Stay with me. I'll be right back. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more Sex Talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Are you looking for something more in your life or business? More success? More stability? More happiness? It's all out there waiting for you, but it doesn't just happen. You've got to go get it. Make it happen with Michelle McCullough, where motivation and strategy intersect. Michelle is a serial entrepreneur, acclaimed speaker, and the WooHoo Radio Network's resident business and success strategist. Michelle has the smart strategies and experience to help you improve your life and take your business to the next level. You've got big dreams. You've got big vision. Now it's time for you to make it happen. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. To get the most nutrients, is it better to cook vegetables or to eat them raw? The answer is not black and white. Some nutrients in vegetables, like tomatoes, are actually enhanced during the cooking process. A study by Cornell University found that heat increases lycopene levels and makes it easier for the body to absorb this vital antioxidant. But research from Food and Nutrition Science found that raw vegetables contain higher levels of antioxidants. Cooking methods decrease water-soluble nutrients such as vitamin C and can rob vegetables of important nourishment for the body. The bottom line? Whether vegetables are cooked or raw, you'll get more benefit and nutrition from the vegetables you eat than the ones you don't. Consuming five to nine servings of vegetables a day is the best approach. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. So before the break, I said what I would be speaking about, and I'm going to put some of these little happy little posts. Uh, my whole website is being completely redone. So I'll do these as, I think I'm going to put these up as like little Facebook posts and then, you know, do little, little baby Twitter things on them as well. So you can, you know, go back and do a reread of them. And my Facebook is Lou Padgett, uh, and the uh, Twitter is uh, Lou Padgett one, I believe. Anyway, here's, here we go. The seven things that make a relationship work. 
And when I talk about relationship, this could mean your business relationship. This could mean your personal relationship within your family. And this could also mean your sexual and your, you know, private relationships, the things that, you know, the person you love and, you know, make commitments to. But really what this, these behaviors boil down to, these are the things that I have watched people do over the last 20 years that I've been dealing with people in relationships, dealing with their sexuality, dealing with questions that they have. And sometimes the questions that people will ask you or that they will present to you aren't the things that really are the issue. And just as an example, someone may say, I can't believe they're so cheap. I cannot believe they won't spend any money. They just, they keep everything to themselves. Well, that may also be that from the other person's standpoint, they are concerned about the security of what's going forward. They have a money message that may be telling them there's, you know, they're in a state of scarcity, which that never helps anyone, by the way. All that does is pull in more, you've got scarcities. And, but what they're also thinking is, I want to make sure I have things in place so that if something happens, I can take care of you. So what I find is one of the, one of the first behaviors that makes a huge difference in keeping a relationship working is respect. And I'm going to, I, I have said this before, but I have to tell you, respect as a way of speaking, as a way of thinking, when you respect someone and you have that attitude, guess what? They respect you. It can't help but happen. Whether you call it the law of attraction, whether you call it mirroring behavior, whether you call it, oh, I see something else. When you are respectful, there's just certain things you will do and certain things you won't do. And the more important thing is, is what you will do. So with respect, what follows almost immediately behind that is, so in, in respect, it could be something as simple as, you know, your, your partner wants to try um, XYZ position. Well, you don't go, oh, my God, that's just so disgusting. You could if you want, but what it's more like, oh, okay, um, why is that of interest for you? Or uh, so explain, you know, tell me why, why you want to do this. But really, when you have those conversations about trying something new in a bedroom or trying a new thing, do it in the morning. Do it while you're standing up, not when you're horizontal. And do it when you have a chance to plant the seed in the brain and then continue with the rest of your day. That way, it isn't a, that, that way it isn't a confrontation about it. You're being respectful for both of you sort of going, hmm, interesting. And how one responds to things they don't understand or they don't get, that's also something where I remember a person telling me, if you want to know what someone's really like when you first get together with them, go and play a game or take them somewhere to do something with them that they've never done before. For example, um, going and playing with a, uh, a game of miniature golf or taking them to, you know, something that's not going to be, you know, 
overly physically strenuous, unless, of course, they're a total jock and they would love to do that. So, you know, take them rock climbing or whatever. But the real thing is take them somewhere and play a game with them. That way you will find out so many things about how they are, about what they don't know, how they respond when things aren't going exactly as they anticipated. Do they cheat? Because mm-hmm. you want to know that right away. And are they, are they fun to be around? For most people, the person that really is magnetic for them is someone who is fun. Look, I mean, you can be around someone who turns you on, who looks really good, but if that person, you know the film Hallow Shell, what was it, the one nurse who was an absolute knockout, but then when she came back in again, she just looked like, oh, good grief. That's the kind of thing, what is really inside someone's heart? So that's part of the respect thing. Another behavior number two, I would have to say, is gratitude. Are you grateful that you have what you have in your life? Are you grateful that you like to be around that person? Does this person make a difference for you in your life? Like when you wake up in the morning, do they do funny things while, you know, while you're waking up and getting ready to get out of bed. I mean, I'm not necessarily talking about leaping on top of your bones. I mean, that could, of course, happen. But what I'm talking about is the funny shared intimacies that are only between the two of you. Because when someone, when you are grateful that someone is there, that allows so much more to come into your life in a way you may never, ever have anticipated. It can be huge. So gratitude, have respect, then you have gratitude. And if you write out something about, I am grateful that I have this person in my life, you could stick it in your wallet and read it once or twice or however many times a day. I will, I will assure you that the difference in how you see that person the next time you see them is like, whoa, because what you have done in essence is rewrite your nerve pathway on response to that person. And that, my friends, is a powerful tool and gift. That is something that you can do in every area of your life. I'm grateful that I have this person who is teaching me these things in this job. There may be things you don't like, but if you have gratitude, you have an opening for stuff that most people never really learn about. They may occasionally have it, or they may be grateful once or twice a year. But gratitude itself is one of your more powerful magnetizing behaviors. Use it liberally. And use it, you know, I'm grateful for my body. I'm grateful that I can orgasm this way. I'm grateful that I have this person in my life. I'm grateful that this person called and told me these things. I mean, I had a woman call me today and say, a woman was on her Facebook page and says, oh, my God, how do you know Lou Paget?" And she goes, well, I've known her for, you know, we've known each other 20-plus years. And she said, you know, she's one of my oldest friends. And this woman said, oh, my God, you have got to tell her that she saved my confidence. This is a woman who was like a just hard-nosed, cut-to-the-chase in, you know, back east, and, you know, she didn't say what area of of business she was in, but she said this is just a, you know, a hard-nosed, you know, eastern woman, and she said 
this woman said when she got out of a 25-year, you know, really, you know, demoralizing marriage, she said, her books saved my confidence. Now, can I tell you how grateful I was to hear that? It was not at all what I expected today, but what a delightful thing to hear that by virtue of my little books, that this could have made that amount of difference for this woman. Totally warmed my heart. So the, the, the gratitude thing, huge. Now, another behavior, and I sometimes feel that we have to pare this one down to the real basics of what this word means. Honesty. Now, when you're being honest with someone, now, are there little white lies that you can tell? Well, yes. So, you know, if someone says, am I, you know, you don't want to be, well, you could if you wanted to be, um, Asperger-esque, you know, blunt, and someone says, you know, how does this outfit look on me? You could always say, well, it's probably not. I don't think that color's the best one for you. Rather than, you know what, it just makes you look like a truck. Yikes. What you want is honesty that also has a kind heart. Because when you are honest and there's, <clears throat> excuse me, and there's a kindness with it, people hear that in your tone. One moment, please. Had to take a little sip of water there. But the honesty is why are you in this relationship? Whether it's a business relationship, whether it's a personal relationship, whether it is your you know, your private sexual intimate relationship, why are you there? And if you're honest about the fact that the reason you are there is it's a mutual benefit for both of us, great. Or if it is... But here's the thing. The honesty also means you don't have a hidden agenda. You have a, you have the, I want to be here with you because we're both getting something from this. I enjoy spending time with you. I am turned on and you make me laugh. I find some of the things you do, you know, you know irritating as hell, but, you know, I still like a good percentage of the thing that you are. But the honesty factor, that's why people who have a tremendous amount of money marry people who have a tremendous amount of money. Then the money thing isn't the issue they have to worry about. Because I can assure you that for many people, it's like, do they like me for me or do they like me for the money? And if that's not an issue, then that honesty thing gets taken off the table. And it's kind of like this. Okay, good. One less thing. One less thing to worry about. So when we come back, we're coming up to our second break here. So I've covered three of the seven that help make a relationship work. One is respect. The second is gratitude. The third is honesty. And when we come back, I'll go over the other four. Please stay with me. I'll be right back. This is 
Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet. With your host, Lou Paget. techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lipman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Join us for Healing with the Marika Method. This is an amazingly informative show to help heal people as well as their horses, dogs, and cats. This show inspires and empowers people to take charge of their own health and their animals' health using the power of diet, nutrition, natural medicines, and lifestyle to heal a variety of health problems. Learn how food impacts all physical and emotional health conditions and how diet and natural medicines are used to heal the body, mind, and spirit. Marika is a health and nutrition specialist, homeopathic practitioner, a gifted medical intuitive and healer, and an author and educator with over two decades of experience in clinical practice for people and their pets. Join our host, Marika Vandewater, every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. So before the break, I was talking about the seven things that make a relationship work. And I started with respect, then gratitude, then honesty. And honesty is a really broad-based one. And it is one that ends up, often people will tweak it or sort of adjust it depending on, you know, oh, I'll just sort of like not talk about that. And when in all actuality, the more honest you are with who you are showing up in a relationship or sexual relationship or work relationship, the more the other person can as well. And if you are with someone who won't be honest or who uh, is evasive or avoids the truth, and I think that, you know, you're someone who has to just pull back and say, you know what? I'm, you know, this is not for me. And I've watched many times where people have been, they've tried to get the answer or tried to get the honesty from someone and to no avail. 
to no avail. And so what really has to happen is then if that person can't be honest with you, then you have to give them a, you know, send them with love and send them on their way. Simple as that. So the next thing, the next quality that I know that people look for that really makes a relationship work is a shared history and a shared history that makes them feel good. Everyone can, I love when people say, oh, the relationship didn't work. Um, you know, things, things ended badly. Well, you know, normally when something is ending or ended, it was because something wasn't going well, right? That's, you know, that's, this is not rocket science in this regard. So if there is something that if you have a shared history that you can keep going back to, that's why people love to do the reunions. This is why they want to be with people who they enjoyed spending the time with, right? And if the shared history is something you can build on, and that's the other thing about it. You don't want to just have, oh, by the way, you remember five years ago, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, okay. You can go back and do that review. Or you remember when we were away and we went and had, you know, we did this on the beach at wherever? Yes, you bring that forward, but you it's like recreating the feeling good emotion. And that's what I've seen with partners who are in relationships that do work is that they really do acknowledge the past and that, that history has continued forward. Now, the other thing I will say that if you are in a relationship sharing things about yourself and your partner, you probably know that your partner has a different way of sharing the details or might sort of edit the details a little differently than you do. And, but one of the things you can do is not step in and go, oh, that's not how I remember it. Because if you do that, that sort of takes away from their joy and their enjoyment of that shared history. Now, someone can look at you and say, so what is your recollection of this? And that often ends up being one of the funnier things on this was, you know, this person's perception and their partner's perception was completely different. It's kind of like, oh, really? So, and, and again, that goes back to we as human beings, you have to be straightforward, upfront, and tell someone what, you're, you know, what's going on in your life. Next one, the next behavior that I'm aware absolutely works is when people see that their sexual relationship, their personal relationship, what, you know, the relationship they're in, it has a future. They see something going forward. And this is a question that I will often ask women and men when they say, how do I know whether or not this person is the person to be with? There's one really simple question. I that usually I ask men, and it doesn't matter, if, you know, straight, gay, questioning, bi, whatever it may be. The one reason I ask men specifically this question is that when the male mind is, and I'm not meaning to be so completely global on this, but often for men, unless something is important for them, and I mean, really important, a downloading important, they don't remember it. They remember the things that, uh, you know, the, the golf score, the football score, the details of the money they invested, 
what happened at, you know, XYZ meeting. They remember the things that, A, were a positive reinforcing thing or something that gave them a, um, a very strong yay or a strong nay uh, emotional reaction. And for the majority of men, one of the things that's crucially important is the ability to provide and the ability to generate. So what I would ask men is what they remember about the first time when they see the person. Do they go into any level of detail? Do they talk about, you know, um, you know, do, do they see this person and they downloaded it? And how I find out if they did is I'll ask, well, what, what were they wearing? Where were they standing? Because if they don't, if this person wasn't important for them, they don't download those details. Whenever I do a ladies' seminar, I always go like this, ladies, I can see that you are immediately going to walk out the door and say to him or to, you know, your partner, what do you remember about the first time you saw me? But it is a very telling trait. And the reason I ask that is if he does, goes into any level of detail, I know he's big hit, but here's the really crucial question. This is where the future thing comes into play. If this man... And again, it doesn't matter if he's straight or gay or, you know, whatever on the, you know, the gender fluidity questioning, asexuality, whatever, if they answer that question, I then ask the next question, um, what else were you thinking? And here's the thing. When that person has that reaction, they also will be looking at making plans into the future, two, three six months down the road of traveling, uh, this, this event to go to, Thanksgiving, whatever it may be. Because when someone is proud to be seen with someone, they want to be seen with them. And that's one of the things when I look at future. Did this person make plans to do things together in the future? That is a huge indicator of... They want to be there. With things like Tinder, with things like other dating websites, things are so fast and so quick, people don't even have a chance to consider future before there's another option coming onto their radar. And what ends up happening is with so many questions and so many opportunities and so many options, literally people's brains get paralyzed. They do. They go like this, and then they just, they won't commit further. They won't make a decision further, they then literally get paralyzed so they can't make decisions. So here we go. We talked about honesty, shared history, the future, and here's another thing that people want. They want a partner that they are proud to be seen with, whether that's a woman or whether that's a man, whether it is, you know, your Whatever your, you know, identity is and whatever your, whoever you're attracted to, people still want to be with someone that they are proud to be seen with. And we just saw today that Ellen Page was at the Toronto Film Festival. Uh, It's a film of, you know, it's a lesbian-based film. She plays one of the characters. So she is there. I mean, she came out, I think it was 2014, but she is there for the first time with her girlfriend and what I liked about, you know, what she was talking about and being honest about is, look, this is 
this is the honesty. This is who I am with. This is who I am in love with now. And that's a powerful statement when someone says that publicly and lets people know, right? So when you are, you know, when you're with someone, you want to have that person you're proud to be seen with. Whether that person, you know, they may be dramatic, who knows? They may be one thing, they may be another thing, but really the important thing is that it's you feel good about being seen with them or being in their company. If they don't, um, time to lose them on, you know, lose that text, say goodbye. Now, the final one for the top seven things is passion and attraction. And your passion could be something that you're both passionate about um, wanting to be very eco-friendly. Your passion could be you wish to have children. Your passion, and, you know, this could be part shared history, but really what it's about is that you have something that turns your dial. Have you ever been around someone who is a wet rag and you're like, oh, Lord, do not ask me to have to, you know, try and get this person, you know, they're the sad sack and you're like, oh, dear, not much going on here. You don't want to have something that drains you. People who have passion, they fill you up and they bring you back to your passion, which is when you often will see, you know, they refer to things as, you know, power couples or power situation. And really what that is, is someone has said, you know what, I am, I want to be, you know, I want to be behind this. I want to support this. And it can also be that that's when the other person, when you are going for what you want, you become freaking magnetic. And people want to be behind someone or with someone who has a direction that they're going in. My passion, it, you know, started off in the area of making sure people got accurate information in the area of sexuality. But what my real passion is when I'm making, like, the gazillions, my passion is taking care of animal philanthropic groups, large animal charities. That turns my dial like you have no idea. So that's why I'm making the money. I'm making the money in service to help people in the area of sexuality, but who I also want to help are animals. I think people can help themselves. Animals, that's another matter. So we're coming up to our final break here. I'll be right back, and then I'm going to talk about the things to avoid the landmines. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Padgett. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Welcome to TogiNet, cutting-edge radio. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Yahoo Health describes exercise as physical activity that is planned, structured, and repetitive for the purpose of conditioning the body. The key words are planned, structured, and repetitive. 
you must have a plan. You have got to prepare a time to do it. It doesn't just happen. Effective exercise needs to be structured. You must prearrange what you will do during your workout time. And it needs to be repetitive. Exercising once or twice a week is not enough. It's better than nothing, but you need to make your exercise time consistent and recurring. I encourage you to do some form of exercise each day, whether it's cardiovascular conditioning, strength and resistance training, or flexibility. Make physical activity your priority. You can do it. I'm Annette Hammond. If you're a fan of Fitness Minute, like us on Facebook at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. Do holidays and celebrations get you down and leave you feeling frazzled? Then join Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Sandy will help you discover the secrets to having the celebrations you've always dreamed of while adding fun and meaning to your life. From Valentine's Day to Christmas to special family events, Sandy Fowler will show you how to put the fun and meaning back into those special days by taking a look at what we can do to turn the upcoming holidays into cherished memories and show us how to allow it to intertwine with everyday life. For more on the show, Sandy, and to receive Sandy's Holiday Happiness Booklet, go to HeartfilledHolidays.com. Then get set to discover the secrets to creating happy holidays and happy everydays by joining Sandy Fowler and her guests on Heartfilled Holidays every Monday at noon Eastern Standard Time on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. And... For those celebrating the Jewish New Year, Happy New Year, enjoy. I hope it's a sweet, happy, and fruitful year for you. And I think we all could, you know, use a little bit of that. Quite frankly, I know that this planet is undergoing some massive, massive changes. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, And massive changes in a most positive way, by the way. So... Let's go through here, and I don't want to dwell on all of these, but I do want to put them on people's radar, of things to avoid doing. Seven things that I have seen, and, you know, this is a generalized list, obviously, but it's something that sometimes we may not be aware of exactly what we are doing that is causing problems in our relationships or our lack thereof (laughs) for some people. And... What I'm going to tell you about are that these are the behaviors. Now, the first one I'm going to start with is good old procrastination and the things where people will say, oh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll look at this issue later or, you know, maybe I don't have to really worry about it. Maybe it will go away. Um, that is like, and that is, talking about the pink elephant that's in the middle of your room that you're not addressing. And the only thing that happens with pink elephants until you disassemble them is they get bigger. That's all they do. Pink elephants have a habit of getting bigger and taking up even more space in your life. And that's something that for the majority of people, they don't, they want to have 
a life that at the end they don't go like this, oh my God, why didn't I or why was I doing what someone else told me I should do? One of the number one things that people, when they are, that hospice care workers have said, that people say as they are dying, they wish they had lived their own life and that they had not lived their life according to how other people said they should. Powerful message, right? So I'm living by that one. I want to, you know, have a good time, go out to make sure that I, you know, take advantage of the opportunities. Does that mean there's occasions and times when I get derailed? Of course. So does everybody. But I don't want procrastination, which I've done enough of it in my life, to be something that stops me from living my life's purpose, period. So another thing to avoid in your relationship, any relationship, but particularly your intimate relationship, is silence. This is different than procrastination. Procrastination means, yeah, eventually I'll get to it. Silence means you don't even want to talk about it. And I know more <clears throat> relationships and things that have ended due to silence than any level of violence. And whether that is emotional you know, violence or emotionally upsetting things or mentally upsetting things, but if you are silent, there is, you, you don't have your voice. And your voice is one of the most important things you can get. I'm going to use the example of someone who had been in a long-term relationship, uh, married for decades, and never said the things that they wanted to say. Uh, built up unbelievable amounts of resentment towards the husband and to other family members. Never said anything. Then got out of that, and it was kind of like, okay, great. Done with that. Then went into another relationship were exactly the same thing. They would not say or tell this person, do not talk to me that way. They wouldn't do it. And now they have gone from that relationship into one that is even worse. And truly, if you don't get your voice, if you stay silent in relative to relationships, you are never going to have what you want in your life. I'm going, to, I'm going to tell you that. I will guarantee you will never have what you want in your life. People are not mind readers, and also you will pull in someone who will be manipulative or someone who will be, they will just force their issue on you. Don't be silent. Number three, hoping to get things done. Hoping that you will have this come forward. Hoping that they're going to change. Hope is a very crowded territory somewhere in the universe. Hope won't get something done for you. Being in action will. And to sit and just think about something, yes, you can send out thought waves, but, you know, the number one thing about thoughts is that you have to follow up with some action on it, right? And I'm going to talk about that in, you know, uh, another moment when I get to number six. So hoping isn't your friend. Hoping keeps you in a suspended state because you're not being in action. Another thing that has you not be in the kind of relationship or the type of intimate relationship or physical relationship is being needy. And really, could there be anything less attractive? I don't think so. I mean, it's just like... Yucky. You want to be someone that, hey, there's times when we all have our needs and we, we want to have our needs met, but there's also, there's the ability to say, at this point, 
I require this in my life. But if the only thing that you are doing is being needy, this isn't a two-way street for people. It just means that you're just taking. And that ends up being a term that we refer to as being parasitic. And that's not good either. Unless, of course, you're with someone who wants to be codependent. And if that's your thing, go for it. But for the majority of people, they don't want that. They want to have something where there's reciprocity, where there's a give and a take, right? Backwards and forwards. So the being needy, unattractive on all levels, really unattractive. Number five, being unrealistic. If you are realistic about who you are and who you would really attract, then you're, you are so much further ahead of the game. I'm reminded of a, one of the women who in the last season of Married at First Sight, her idea of what relationships were about were as a result of rom-coms that she watched thinking that, you know, this is how her life was going to be. Well, this is why they call those movies movies. That's why they call what they're based on a script. People may have borrowed, or it, I love when they talk about something saying based on. Well, it may have some basis in the events of someone's life, but for the majority of people, their life is not a fiction. Their life is not drafted by a screenwriter, although I know some people have lives that do have a little more drama than others, but it really is about doing and being realistic about who you are and who you will attract. Now, you can always ask your close personal friends, who do you think? Now, sometimes that does put you a little bit at risk because well, on occasion, if you've ever had your friends set you up with someone, you think to yourself afterwards, good grief, who do they think I am? <laughs> or what do they think I'd be attracted to? So you have to have friends that have clear vision, who are balanced, and like you, okay? And then ask them, because most of your friends truly and genuinely, they want you to be happy. And their vested interest in introducing you to someone is that you are happy, period, okay? So we've got the be realistic, do not be unrealistic. And here's number six, the dream board, okay? I love dream boards. I think they are one of the more powerful tools that can help people sort out the magic of thinking big, where they want to see themselves in their lives, the things they'd like to come up with. And here I'm going to give you a little tip, by the way. When it comes to your heart, and I may have mentioned this before, but your heart has 60 to 65% of the tissue of your heart is actually neural tissue. So it's nerve tissue. And it's neural tissue that's like the neural tissue that's in your brain. So we know how powerful your brain is on being able to deliver thought. Well, guess what? So is your heart. So when you are looking at things on your dream board, it should feel like amazing in your heart. That's where you want to feel it. You want to look at it and go, oof, that feels good. So as a matter of fact, I did a redo on my board. I'm going to do some more on it this afternoon. But it has to be, you have to love the things that are on board. Now, loving them on the board and having that kind of relationship with them 
whether it's the relationship that you want, the sex life you want, the money you want, the career you want. But the other thing that you have to do is you have to have a plan for how you're going to get those things in your life. Putting them on the board, great. But what you really have to do, you got to have a plan. And number seven, you know, so dream boards are great, but make sure that it isn't just the pictures and you're just thinking about them and looking. You have to have a plan to get to implement either that car or whatever it may be. And the other is dishonesty. That's the one of the bigger things to avoid in any relationship. And one of the bigger people you want to avoid dishonesty with is yourself. So if you're in a relationship and it really isn't serving you, you're being dishonest to your sole purpose. I'm going to suggest you do a little personal review. Meditate. Think about it. Do 11 minutes of meditation. I mean, just sit there and think, why am I here? What's going on? Breathing, the release breathing. That is a tool. If you can get yourself to meditate once or twice a day, powerful tool. So today, thank you for being with me. Talked about the seven things that make a relationship work. Respect, gratitude, honesty, shared history, future, passion, someone you're proud to be with, and to avoid procrastination, silence, hoping, being, you know, needy, unrealistic, having your life look like a dream board without having a plan with it, and dishonesty. Now, if you have any questions, please send me an email, Facebook me, do something, and I will do my best to answer your questions. That's office at lubepaget.com. And soon I will have... My new website, done and finished. I can hardly wait. It's been way too long. I trust that all of you will have a lovely week, that you are going to do something for you because you know what? You are the most important person in your world. You may have a lot of people around you that rely on you, but if you don't have you as important, you're not going to be, not going to be able to serve up. Have a great week. Bye for now. you for being a part of Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with host Lou Paget. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget 